Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. And I'd sit around even as a kid before I ever started school. In my day, we didn't start school until we were seven years old. But I learned to read when I was six. See, my brother was two years older than I, and her birthdays come such. His birthdays came after the first of September, and so he didn't get to start the school, you see. Well, he was still seven when he started, all right, but after a few days, he's eight. And, and so he was just a year ahead of me, but I started reading his books, and I, I, I was always, as long as we, the family was together, well, I was always a year ahead. Because I'd study his books, I learned to read before I started school. I didn't have much else to do. You had to do something past time, well, you see. Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. This week we continue the Timeless Teaching Series by Kenneth E. Hagen, God's Medicine. This will be a great day of powerful teaching. Stay tuned. Plus, later in today's program, I'll give you details on how you can obtain this month's special offer, Lynette's Bargain Bag. Now, here's Kenneth E. Hagen with today's message. Fifth chapter of Mark's Gospel. We read, uh, we shall begin reading with the 15th verse. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And so I'll just select from my text the latter part of this 19th verse, the last half of it. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. Well, I was born in 1917. 20th day of August in the 900 block of East Tanifer Street. Now, my uh, when I was born, my grandmother tells me that there was no sign of life about me. And so the doctor examined me and said, he's dead, and just laid me down on the foot of the bed. The doctor and my grandmother continued to work with my mother because she was in serious condition physically. For some days and weeks had been that way before I was born. I was prematurely born, you see. And so after 45 minutes or so, well, they seemed like that my mother was doing better. And so the doctor said to my grandmother, well, I'm going to run to the office and get some supplies I need. And incidentally, that doctor stayed all day long in the home and then all night. That's how low my mother was with her. And he said, I'll be back in about 45 minutes. So my grandmother told me that she picked me up to carry me out to dispose of me and detected a sign of life about me. So she cleansed me and washed me and put a little dress on me and had to make a makeshift diaper because a regular diaper would swallow me. And with the little diaper on and the little dress on, she weighed me then and I weighed two and one-eighth pounds. Without the clothing, I've laid just less than two pounds. Well, now you know as well as I know that in this modern day, when we have in incubators to put babies in their barn, if they weigh two pounds or less, their, their chances of living are just practically nil. Isn't that true? You have to remember that that was a day when they had no incubators to put babies in. I was born there in the home. 
And, and so my chances of living were just simply none. That's all there is to it. And so grandmother said the doctor came back after a while, and so she said to him, what must I feed that baby? And he said, well, Miss Drake, that baby's not alive. I examined him. He was dead in his barn, and I examined him before I left. And he'd been laying there for 45 minutes or an hour at the foot of the bed. There's no sign of life about him. No, she said he's alive. And so he said he reached into his pocket and threw, him a, threw out a sample package of baby food and said, well, feed that to him. That'll last longer than he will. And so she said she mixed that up and fed it to me. And then after that, well, she just took me over and fed me. And she said uh, that, of course, I slept all the time, so she'd have to awaken me. And she'd feed me with an eyedropper and just one drop of milk from an eyedropper into my mouth. She said to me, you wouldn't be any bigger than a big rat. And she used to have a green comb about that long. She combed her hair, which said, you weren't as big as long as that comb. The least little thing I've ever seen in my life. And so she said, uh, I, I usually would have to take you out on the porch and much of the time out in the backyard to feed you where there's plenty of air because one drop of milk many times into your mouth would cause you to strangle and turn blue and I'd just have to patch you and, and work you and try to get you to going and, and just, my, my, we just thought you were dead again and again and again and again. Well, Jesus appeared to him in a vision in 1950 and said, that he called me before I was born, that Satan tried to destroy my life before I was born many times since then, but his angels watched over and cared for me. And thank God for that. And so uh, I never ran and played like other little children as a child. I had a limited and a normal childhood. Now we might play hide and seek, you know, when you're five or six years old. I might go hide once and run into the base, and then that's about all the running I can do. Because, you see, I had a heart condition. And so I, I was limited in my childhood. Now, I don't mean by that that I was completely incapacitated because I wasn't, but I just never did everything else that other children do and, and, and wasn't able to run and play as much as they do. I did limitedly. And I'd sit around even as a kid before I ever started school. In my day, we didn't start school until we were seven years old. But I learned to read when I was six. See, my brother was two years older than I, and the birthdays come such. His birthday came after the 1st of September. And so he didn't get to start the school, you see. Well, he was still seven when he started, all right, but after a few days, he's eight. And, and so he was just a year ahead of me, but I started reading his books, and I, I, I was always, as long as we, the family was together, well, I was always a year ahead because I'd study his books. I learned to read before I started school. I didn't have much else to do. You had to do something past time, well, you see. And I couldn't use my body, so I used my head. And, uh, and, and, and then after I did start the school, well, I, I remember I got up in second grade and, and, and I couldn't fight, you see, because I just couldn't stand to, to hold out, you know. I might, somebody might wrestle with some boy just a little minute, but I'd lose my breath and I'd turn blue and black all over and couldn't get my breath and, and just pass out sometime because a lot of times I just passed out. And, and uh, I don't know why it is, but when you're afflicted, well, everybody will run over you. I guess they proves, you know, how big they are. And uh, you can't fight, you know. And so I had to use my head again. I, heard, I learned right away I had to get me an equalizer. And I remember we had one boy in the second grade that's supposed to have been in the fifth. He was three grades behind, still in the second grade. <laughs> and, of course, Nasty's three years old and the rest of it, he's big, you know. So he was a bully of the playground. He'd just run up to you and just knock you down, you see. And so he's always picking on me because, of course, I couldn't fight. And so I just looked around, well, in fact, off, back down off of the school ground, there was quite a bit of acreage down there, and I found me a two-by-four. 
about 30 inches long. And I got a hold of that and hid it on the school ground. Next time he run up and hit me, you see. But I just acted everything all right. I went my way and then I got that too before and slipped up behind him and knocked him in the head. <laughs> knocked him out. Knocked him out cold. He had 45 minutes coming around. And so they soon learned to leave me alone. <laughs> they said, you better leave him alone. Go said, he'll get you. He'll knock you in the head. He'll heal when you're not looking. But when you can't fight, well, you just have to learn to take care of yourself somewhere or another. You know, that's true. And I don't know why it is, but you can let somebody be afflicted. And then I was an orphan boy, too. My daddy left when I was about six years old, six and a half, never did come back. I don't remember too much about him because he wasn't home too much of the time before then. Uh, and, and so he never did come back. So when you're an orphan, and, and then when you're afflicted and you can't fight, you can't do much for yourself, it seemed like the devil and everybody else wants to run over you. But uh, I soon learned, you see, I had to use my head. <laughs> and, and I soon put a stop to that until nobody would fool with me. They didn't fight me. They didn't mess with me. My oldest brother learned not to fool with me. I knocked him in the head with a hammer. <laughs> and he was out for 45 minutes. They thought he was dead for a while. Now, it isn't funny. I know that. And it wasn't funny to him. And it wasn't funny to me. But he always knew as long as he is at home. And he was there till I was about eight years old. He was, well, no, I was nine. And he was 11. And, and uh, he... Uh, he, he always knew how to make me mad, just fighting mad. Because, you see, I was nine years of age when he left. But anywhere from the time I was six till nine, I was always very, very small. Like I said, I weighed less than two pounds was born. And, and, and I was very small to my age. And my oldest brother would always tell me, he said, we had a fellow in our town by the name of Beecher Ball. He wasn't very big. He only, he's a grown man, 56 years old. Uh, but he only weighed 89 pounds fully clothed, you see. So you know he couldn't have been too big, could he? <laughs> you know, <laughs> about like a, <laughs> a boy, 10, 9, 10, 12 years old, 11, a lot of them that old, bigger than that. But anyway, uh, my oldest brother would tell me, he said, now you'll never be any bigger than beat your ball, or else when you get to be 12 years old, you'll turn into a girl. And boy, when he said that, how I many times he got that girl out, he was half a block away nearly around. Because <laughs> he knew I'd hit him with anything I could get my hands on. <laughs> I couldn't fight him with my fist, but I'd, 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 anything I could get my hands on, boy, I'd, it would come sailing. That his direction. So he'd run. <laughs> he'd run. Now, when I became 15 years of age, I became totally bedfast. Actually, four months before I was 16 years of age, I became totally bedfast. It liked really one day of being four months. I became totally bedfast. And one of the doctors, and there were five different doctors on my case, and one of the doctors that had practiced with the great Mayo Clinic, and uh, actually my grandfather was not a wealthy man, but he was comfortably fixed. He had a lot of property. And if it would have helped, he would have sent me to the Mayo Clinic. But they said, there's no use to send him up here. We consider Dr. So-and-so to be one of the best doctors in America. In fact, he's practiced here with us some. And said, if he, uh, if he says nothing can be done, then you'd just simply be wasting your money and wasting your time to come here. Now, that doctor said that I didn't have one chance in a million to live. And actually, he said that nobody... Uh, in my condition that they had any record of had ever lived past the age of 16 years. 
And I became totally bedfast when I was 15, you see, before I got to be 16 years of age. Now, I knew something was wrong with my heart. I could tell that. But I didn't know what else was wrong with me, and the other doctors didn't tell me. I lay there on that bed of affliction day after day, week after week, month after month. And I, I, for a long while, I wondered what is wrong with me. I knew something was wrong with my heart, but my body would, would become, I knew it was partially paralyzed, and there would be times until uh, that I could see a glass of water on the table beside my bed, nobody in the room with me. And I'd wonder, now why can't I, I want that glass. Now why can't I get that? And after concentrating on the fact, sometimes for 40, 45 minutes, I want to move my right hand, I would eventually be able to move my hand over there to that glass, but I couldn't pick it up. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer. Backed by popular demand, it's Lynette's Bargain Bag, and it features resources all about healing. The Healers in Your House Slimline Book, Seven Hindrances to Healing Mini Book, The Executing the Basics of Healing Book, all three by Ken Hagan. Plus, Keys to Scriptural Healing Slimline Book and the book God's Word on Divine Healing and Healing Faith on CD by Kenneth E. Hagan. All for the incredible bargain price of $19.95. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. We are going to be in Crusades this month, August 25th through the 28th at Trinity Assembly. Yeah. And that is in all good Tennessee. Yeah, y'all so. come on out. Everybody over in that Tennessee area, come on out and be with us. That's it's going right. to be a lot of fun. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, God's Medicine. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.